ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hard to squaring it. Sam Of course it is. Chelsea strike first at Wembley in the cup final. The deadly duo combine. There could be no more predictable villain either. Manchester United have had their chances. Sam Kerr has taken hers. Yes, she did. In our production meeting today, we asked ourselves, what else is there to say about Sam Kerr? And that's almost the point. Another goal in another FA Cup final and another trophy for Sam Kerr. We are witnessing greatness in real time. And today we're taking a moment to appreciate that and ask what it might mean for the Matildas and Australian football. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Samantha Lewis is a football writer for ABC Sports. Sam, for our audience that maybe didn't catch it, can you just describe Sam Kerr's goal, her performance, her backflip, what made it all so special? Yeah, look, this was a really interesting game and a really interesting moment for Sam Kerr. You would think coming into this FA Cup final, Chelsea, they were the two-time consecutive winners. They were the reigning champions coming into this game, coming up against Manchester United, who've never reached this stage before. But these two teams are currently going head-to-head in the Women's Super League. So there was some real intrigue around how these two sides would match up on the biggest stage of all. And we've seen time after time that it's usually the team that's been here before that tends to get it done. But that was not how this game played out, particularly not in the first half. Manchester United were all over Chelsea. They knew exactly how to close them down. Is it too early to say Chelsea look rattled? Not at all, I think. Chelsea are definitely on the back foot. That was the first warning shot from Man United. And they knew, of course, like most teams do, that Sam Kerr was their ultimate weapon. And so what do you do in order to shut down Sam Kerr? You shut down all of the players around her. So Manchester United were really effective in the first half in closing down Sam Kerr and cutting off all the passes that were able to get to her. She had just nine touches in the first 45 minutes of the game, which is pretty extraordinary. But... She's Sam Kerr. My mindset every time I step out on the pitch is I've just got to produce one goal, one moment. And um, today it only took one moment. Sometimes it's more, but today it was only one moment. And that's what I do, I guess. And she loves moments like this. She relishes the challenge. She loves the puzzle work of a game like this. She loves trying to figure out how to find an opportunity and how to take those moments in the palm of her hand. And this is exactly what she did. In the 68th minute of the game, all it took was eight seconds from a throw-in down one half of the field. Three passes. Good ball. Harder squaring it. Sam It happened in just a flash of lightning. It was extraordinary. She peeled off around the side. She did her iconic backflip. She was flooded with all of her teammates. The sold-out Wembley Stadium, 77,000 people on their feet, screaming, roaring for this player, this amazing icon of the sport who has just reminded us that she is one of the greatest to ever do it. Wow, Ben, it's like the writing is on the wall. You can just see the Chelsea fans absolutely waving their flags. I think at times her relentless success can feel like this enduring excellence that is almost normalising greatness. Is there at times almost feeling like or a sense that we're running out of things to say about Sam Kerr? 
Yes, I was literally sitting here this morning after the game being like, how am I supposed to capture this person who just continues to exceed everything that she's done and everything that's been written and everything that we think and know about her? She's a generational talent. She's an unprecedented kind of player, not just for women's football, but for Australian football. She is far and away the most successful athlete that we've produced in the game. Long again, looking for Kurt, and she brings it down superbly, and she scores brilliantly. And that really is what Sam Kerr is all about. She has more trophies than ever in so many different aspects of her, of her sport, not just the team, but also individually. And she continues to find new ways to improve. Like she has hit ceilings that I don't even think she knew she had. And every season that goes by that she plays with Chelsea, with the Women's Super League in England progressing as rapidly as it is, with so many big players, really powerful, incredibly talented players flocking to this competition, making the competition harder and harder as the seasons go. No, they, they're getting harder. They're honestly getting harder. Um, I think now we beat Arsenal City and Manchester United, so it's nice to kind of beat all three, and they've all been such different games. Um, but no, it, it, they're getting harder, and um, yeah, it, it's even more enjoyable winning them she still finds ways to be the best. It's just, it's like, how do you talk about someone like this when you've already used up all of your language, all of the vocabulary that you have to describe greatness? It's an amazing thing to be in a moment where we're looking at an Australian athlete and being like, we have actually run out of ways to describe how great she is. Like I, I, when I first started watching Sam Kerr, when she was back here in the W League in front of, you know, 10 people and a, a flock of pigeons, I didn't ever expect that this would be something that would happen to her. She probably never expected that this would happen to her. And so by virtue of that almost juxtaposition, it's so much more extraordinary to know how quickly this has happened to her and to the sport more specifically as a result of people like her and what she's done. I think what you're touching on there is Australian audiences clearly appreciate her. And I mean, the fact that she was flag bearer at the King's coronation tells you she's a big deal in Australia. We get it. Can you give us an idea, though, of how she's appreciated within English women's football? We know Australians love external validation from our Northern Hemisphere cousins. (laughs) We do, absolutely. And I actually find a really interesting parallel in the way that uh, Scotland approached Ange Postacoglu when he was hired as Celtic manager. There was so much scepticism when Ange arrived at Celtic. There were lots of people who doubted him. There were lots of people who looked at his resume and been like, really, do you actually think you can make it in Europe? And he has absolutely blown them out of the water. Sam Kerr has done exactly the same. When she first joined Chelsea, she came from doing back-to-back seasons in Australia and America. It didn't really seem like a huge deal to those sort of uh, rusted on football people in Europe. She'd never really cracked through into the mainstream discourse of the game in that space. You know what, I come every game, every big game I'm here and I think a lot of people still doubt me no matter, you know, no matter how many goals I score, no matter how much I do for the team, no matter how many big games I score, people always doubt me and that kind of fired me up today. She was never really nominated for any major international awards. She wasn't really given much media attention from people over there. 
And in the first couple of weeks of her first season at Chelsea, you know, naturally she took her time to get used to things. It was a different pace. It was a different climate. It was different teammates. She didn't score that many goals in her first to the first half of her first season. And I remember reading reports of people being like, is she actually as good as people have been saying? Like we've heard all these things from across the other side of the world that she's meant to be awesome, but we actually haven't seen anything yet. I am the first to point to these people and say, I told you so, because look at what she's done. In the space of three seasons, she has become one of the greatest ever goal scorers in the history of English women's football. She can break again here. Kerr, flag stays down. It's Sam Kerr. Can she find a finish? Oh, my word. It's wonderful. What a goal from Kerr. She's been nominated for so many awards, I can't even count them. And she continues to show up and score in games like this, in big games, big moments where the entire country is watching. And she just manages to do it as though it's nothing. She just does it with such flair and such joy. I mean, I love this stadium. It's 20 minutes from my house, so it kind of feels like home. But um, I mean, this team's amazing. We just grinded through today and I think we deserved it at the end. She's proved every single doubter that she has ever had wrong. And I think that really the only thing left is, is for the national team, is for her to try and take the Matildas as far as possible in the World Cup this year. And if she's able to do that, I honestly can't think of another player who can boast having as complete a footballing resume as what Sam Kerr could have. Let's dig into that a little more because it was interesting to hear Kerr talk about her fortune in playing in big moments with Chelsea and how that experience leaves her more and more comfortable in the biggest stages. It's a bit of a basic areas question. It's got to be good from a Tilly's fan slash World Cup point of view, doesn't it? Does this not have a feeling increasingly of destiny? <laughs> uh, I don't want to tempt fate, Pat, but, you know, it, it really does feel like this player is reaching the peak of her powers. Yeah, I'm excited to play on home soil at a home World Cup. Um, our Aussie fans are amazing. They always get behind the Tillies, so we're so pumped to be home and representing Oz. We've seen the Matildas' performances over the past couple of months. It, it really does seem like things are falling into place. Finally, this puzzle is starting to show the picture that Tony Gustafson has been wanting us all to see. And Sam Kerr plays a really central piece of that puzzle which is a great thing because look at the form that she's in, look what she's able to do in moments like this, look at how she's able to grasp these opportunities and not stutter and fail. But at the same time, the underside of that is that she is an irreplaceable player. So what happens when there is a game where Sam Kerr is shut down? What happens if there's a game where Sam Kerr is, God forbid, injured? What is the next best thing? What is plan B? Who do we turn to? That's the, the difficulty of having a player of her calibre is that she is so important and so effective and so dangerous. But at the same time, there's literally nobody else who can do what she does. So how do you compensate for that? What do you do? How do you build a team with and around a player like that? Because you don't want to over rely on her. But at the same time, if she is as great as she is, who else do you want to rely on? You know, she's absolutely flying. She is seemingly just uninjurable sometimes as well. Like there was a moment last week, I think, where she pulled up with a little bit of a calf cramp and then she got back out a couple of days later and kept running around. It's like nothing feels like it's going to be getting in her way on her charge towards this Women's World Cup. So I'm so excited, but also a little bit anxious about what that means. And she deserves absolutely the biggest break in the world after the World Cup is over, regardless of how far the Matildas go.
you're tempering expectations. We're leaning into the hype together. I feel like we're a good <laughs> duo. Sam Lewis, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Pat. Headlines. Jason Day has won his first PGA event in five years. He claimed the Byron Nelson in Texas. That's the same tournament where he first won on tour back in 2010. 23 under par for Jason Day for the first time in five years is a winner on the PGA Tour. The victory came on Mother's Day and his wife Ellie is expecting the couple's fifth child. He thanked her for all the sacrifices she's made for the family. Day has battled a raft of injuries in recent years, but he has hit form the week of the PGA Championship, also the only major that he has won so far in his career. Rugby League and Craig Bellamy will coach on in 2024. The Melbourne Storm coach said he was gone eight weeks ago, but he's come to realise you're a long time retired. One thing that did concern me a little bit was Master come to see me the other day. Oh, the other day, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, it, like, he just made me really feel that, that I've still got something to give. Victorian club is looking resurgent, sitting fifth place and just one win off top. Bellamy signed a five-year deal in 2022. That allows him to decide each year whether he will stay in the head coaching role for the next season. So we can probably look forward to this story cycle likely repeating in 2024. The news means the Dragons have no competition for the highly rated Roosters assistant Jason Riles if they decide to move on current coach Anthony Griffin, as is widely expected this week. Do you remember Jason Maloney, one of the identical twins chasing a world title in the space of a week? Well, he's held up his end of the bargain, winning the WBO bantamweight crown over Filipino Vincent Astrolabio. Despite some, uh, shall we say, creative judging, the Australian's brilliant bout was rewarded with a world title. Can his brother Andrew make it two from two this weekend? We're going to find out. To get their full incredible story, listen to our feature on the pair. The link to that is in the show notes. And Cricket Australia has announced its official summer program. Perhaps the headline is the fact that Gabba, not Adelaide Oval, will host the pink ball day-night test. The other element to watch is the fact CA has indicated it's going to speak to the New South Wales government about the New Year's test. It will remain in Sydney this coming summer, but SA has previously made a huge offer to host the fixture, which has been known to be heavily affected by rain in Sydney. It feels as though CA is trying to get the two states into a bidding war from where I'm seated, and fair enough too. As I say, one to watch. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Optus Sport, Haters TV, Chelsea FC, Fox Sports and the Melbourne Storm for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.